Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people, loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Not at all. Well, welcome back. Uh, if you would like to follow along, which I would strongly encourage that you do so, uh, would you please open your scripture or pull out your cell phone, your own Bibles? This is BYOB Day. Bring your own Bible day because there are no Bibles or hymns in the backs of the pews. So bring your own Bibles, pull out your iPads, your phones, open up to Acts chapter 1 and 2, and we will jump in there very, very shortly. Folks, uh, I do not, uh, well, one, I do believe that scripture teaches that nothing surprises God. Nothing surprises God, not at all. And in fact, I believe he leads his people and he guides his people in very, very specific ways. Therefore, I do not find it incidental, accidental, or coincidental that back in February, just mere weeks before we entered this national and state lockdown, that this church, Wapak Naz, and those of you listening online, walked through a series called The Church, where we discuss the genius of Jesus, where we discuss that when God calls you, He calls you not only out of yourself, but to a people, to find your people, and that when you find your people, you commit to your people. I do not find it coincidental that we walk through the series right prior to the moment that we did not connect, that we did not meet in the fashion that we usually do. Folks, I do not find it incidental, accidental, or coincidental that we gather this morning for the first time in 11 weeks when anxiety, angst, and anger have gone well beyond a fever pitch. And civil unrest and racial injustice have gone well far beyond a tipping point. Folks, I do not believe that it is accidental, incidental, or coincidental that this morning that we gather for the first time, when there are hundreds, if not thousands of churches that are still meeting online, I do not find it accidental, incidental, or coincidental that we meet this morning together for the first time in 11 weeks. When churches are arguing in litigation in the high courts of California and other states where there are other governors that are suppressing the First Amendment right to exercise our freedom of religion, folks, And I do not find it incidental, accidental, or coincidental that we meet on this day specifically 
This is the day of Pentecost. This is the day, the promised day that we celebrate. Fifty days past that moment of resurrection. This promised day, out of the words or out of the mouth of Ezekiel, where God said, I will give you a new heart, that I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you. This day, this day of Pentecost, that Jesus so well articulated when he said, I must go so that I may send to you the counselor, the advocate, God's spirit, the spirit of truth to be in you, in your flesh. The teacher is no longer outside of you, but the teacher, the master, the creator is inside of you this day of Pentecost. So I do not find it accidental, incidental, or coincidental that this is the day that we have gathered together for the first time in 11 weeks. No longer in a parking lot. No longer car by car with orange cones directing you. Although those were wonderful moments and I absolutely cherished that time with you because I was, we were able to have very good conversation and connection. But today, we gathered together and worshiped in spirit and in truth and in song for the first time. So, I do not find it coincidental, incidental, or accidental that we meet today. Especially when there is this debate, not just merely among local churches, not merely among believers, but the debate that has gone throughout all the way to the White House of what is essential as whether or not the church is essential or, or not. And what is in fact essential to the church. And I just want to be very upfront, brazen, and blunt with you today. You can shoot me emails all you want. Bless you. But there is no elected or non-elected official, no legislature, no government that tells us and informs us and gives us what is essential to the church. And if you think morality will be legislated, we need to think again. There is no governor that will tell us what is essential in worship of our God, the Creator. Because what has been essential to worship of our Lord and our God Almighty is a foundation that has been already poured not merely just a few thousand, two thousand years ago, but well before that. 
that foundation has been poured for us. So singing is essential. Coming to the Lord's table is essential. Absolutely imperative and necessary to the worship of our God. So, I invite you and your kids to jump in to the Scripture as we find out what are the found what is the foundation of church, folks. What is the foundation of us gathering and meeting together? Acts chapter one, verse twelve. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. This moment follows a very pivotal moment. This moment follows the moment where Jesus Christ has ascended to the right hand of the Father, completing, fully completing the resurrection. Jesus had the bodily resurrection on Easter Sunday, but the resurrection and the glorification of Jesus Christ happened 50 days later, or 40 days later, at the ascension of Christ. And so, leaving the Mount of Olives, after Jesus has instructed His people, not only His disciples, but men and women, even His brothers now, has instructed them to go and make disciples of all nations, has instructed them to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, has instructed them to be His witnesses, and also has instructed them to wait in Jerusalem and don't go anywhere. Just wait. And so we find, when they arrived, verse 13, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. Those were just the disciples that had been following Jesus for three years. And it continues. They all joined, joined together constantly in prayer, along with women, the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120 folks. There were 120 that gathered in this upper room. And I want you to be mindful of something. Jesus instructed them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, to wait. But he didn't instruct them how to wait or for how long they're to wait. I don't know about you, but at some point during this COVID crisis, whether you believe that it's true or not or what have you, it still ate at everybody's soul, spirit, mind, and body. For me personally, it happened in mid-April. I was good the first three, four weeks. I was actually more busy than I had ever been in the church in those first three weeks. And Matthew can attest to that. We were both scrambling with our heads. What do we do? Where do we go? How do we do it? Let's just crank it out. We've got to figure it out. But then we settled into this law. And I'll be honest, 
I struggled. I struggled in the wait. And in fact, I was asking God, where are you? Where are you in this? Even after we had the podcast, where is God in all this? Where are you? I'm not hearing you. You're silent. I need to hear you. Is there something wrong with me? Am I missing it? Is there some sin that I'm not aware of? God, where are you? For a week and a half. Even journaled it. God, give me Samuel's ear. God, give me Elijah's ear. Elijah's ear so that I know that it's you. That I can discern it's not in the whirlwind, it's not in the earthquake, it's it's not in the fire, but it's in the whisper. I want to know it's you. God, where are you? And I feel like I wasn't the only one. And the psalmist put it best this way in Psalm 77. I cried out to God for help. I cried to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and my soul refused to be comforted. God, where are you? Are you listening? Are you there? God, I need your voice. I remembered you, O God, and I groaned. I mused, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about former days, the years long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart mused and my spirit inquired. Will the Lord reject forever? Will He never show His favor again? Has His unfailing love vanished forever? I don't know if you were there, but I was there. Has His promise failed for all time? I'm wondering even if right now, if we're asking that question in light of the circumstances that we face today, has God forgotten to be merciful? Has He in anger withheld His compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years of the right hand of the Most High, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? Thank you, Sammy, for bringing that hymn into this worship service today. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. It is that day of Pentecost that He displayed His power among peoples. And for myself, yeah, He came along and reassured me that He was there, that He had not been far off at all. He was right in the midst. And so, we find that the disciples the men and women, even Jesus' own brothers, they waited. They weren't told how to wait. They weren't told how long to wait. But thankfully, they were a little bit more patient than we are. 
Because what did they do in the waiting? You ever had one of those moments where all you could do is cry out, Lord, help me! The life flashing before your eyes type of moment. I had one when uh, I had my truck for the first time. 1997, brand new truck. I was showing it to my friends. The roads were wet, and I was driving a little too fast, and I had to make a right-hand turn, and there was a squirrel right in front of me, and I hit the brakes, and I almost hit the stop sign. Lord, help me! You ever have one of those moments? Yeah. Life flash before your eye moments. Clutching your chest kind of moment. It was almost innate for them, or for me to cry out, Lord, help me. In those moments where it's desperation, it's almost innate, like as if every fiber of your DNA cries out, Dear God, where are you? Dear God, come and help. For them, it wasn't only innate, it is what Jesus taught. In your wait, in your watch, you pray. It was natural for them. But I want us to notice the result of their prayer. The result of their waiting. Chapter 2, verse 1. Oh, it's so good. We're going to get there. We're going to conclude here. Chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Boys and girls, you've made houses. Can you hold up your houses for us? Where are your houses? Do you have a house, Dino? You drew a house for us, Charlotte? You, you, drew, you made Jesus' tomb, didn't you? And you made a house out of those mega bricks. Dino, what house did you make? Hold it up real tall, real high. They were all together in a house. They were all together in one place. Thank you, boys and girls. Can we say thank you to them for making us houses? And what happened? Suddenly, suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. Boys and girls, I need your help on this. Now, don't blow in anybody's face. Maybe blow into your elbow. But I need you to give me your best sound of blowing wind. Can you do it? On three. One, two, three. Oh, come on. One more time. One, two, three. A sound like a violent wind came rushing in from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We're going to pause right there. Folks, we weren't going to get to the other half of the sermon. Always write more than you need, right? Always write more than you need. Folks, the Holy Spirit and prayer and unity are a part of this foundation that is the church. And that would be you. As you learn in these last 11 weeks, it definitely ain't the building. It is you. The Holy Spirit is essential and foundational and imperative to anything that we do. 
And prayer precedes the power, folks. It is pressing and persistency in prayer when God reveals himself and unleashes his power. Folks, this is a time where you, as the body of Christ, not just because of the COVID crisis, because there is a desperation in every community across this globe to hear the hope and the truth of Jesus Christ. There is a need for the church to rise up and kneel down in prayer. To humble themselves and ask for the power of God to unite His people because unity doesn't come out of human effort. Unity comes out of the community of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who were one together and who lives in you. Will you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning on this first day back on this day of Pentecost. And Lord God, I ask for one thing and one thing specifically that in the power of the Holy Spirit that your people press into you and begin to pray for not the essentialness of the church, but the relevancy of the church and the impactfulness of the church. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need unity amongst the body of Christ. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for this morning and this time. Lord, bring favor on these people and these children. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Folks, I love you. Thank you for embracing the awkward this morning. I'm going to ask that uh, before I bless you, I'm going to ask that when, when you dismiss, that you dismiss from your left, my right, first. And so that we're mitigating risk. I know we're low in numbers. I get it. And then we're going to ask that you exit out the double doors right here because the west door is here for entrance. This is exit over here. So before we dismiss, I'll dismiss you in sections, but love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And will you please love your neighbor as yourself. We will see you here next week. Woohoo! You guys are dismissed, please, on this side. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Nas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.